I got to admit that the name of this section, Bop the Chocobo, it just sounds like a children's game to me. Like, Bop the Chocobo. Bop. <laughs> <laughs> That's or like, great. It, or it's like, this, is the, this would be the equivalent of Whack-A-Mole in the Final Fantasy universe. Yep. <laughs> Bop, Bop the, the Chocobo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have it as a carnival game at uh, Gold Saucer. Hello, and welcome to episode 106 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salbato, and today I am joined by three other panelists. I'm not sure why my notes say four others, unless there's someone hiding here. I think there's just three others. Um, So, please say hello to Patrick. Hey, everyone. Jono is also here. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jono. And well, there's, join- there's our theme right there. Yeah. <laughs> and joining us for the first time on the show is uh, one of our newer editors, Ben. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, as you may guess, Ben is in Australia, so we are... The birthplace of the Chocobo. The birthplace of the Chocobo. <laughs> They're those things that bounce, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, is, this has been an interesting episode in terms of uh, time zone coordination, but we made it work. And uh, some of us have coffee. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Out of all of the continents in the world, Australia is probably the one that's the most likely to actually produce a chocobo. Yeah, we got some pretty ridiculous animals. It's very appropriate because I just went to the zoo. Well, if you have any real life chocobo facts. Oh. We have uh, cassowaries. They're pretty close. That works. Probably a little more dangerous, though. Yeah, true. I mean, with chocobos, chocobos have never actually been used as real weapons in this game. But series, but I have an odd feeling those legs and those oh, claws. They, they would tear you apart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that would be vicious. I mean, there is a summon once in a while when you can summon a chocobo, and granted, it's the weakest summon, but that's okay. They're strong in Final Fantasy tactics. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. The red ones and the black ones, they'll mess you up. Can you imagine if r- red chocobos were real, though? That would be yeah. dangerous. Hey, Mike, what's the theme today? Oh, the, theme's, the theme is chocobos. <laughs> Um, is it? I thought we were just really into them. We're real. We're really into them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we are though. This isn't really technically a joke episode, but it's kind of a silly topic, so that's why we decided to post this episode today. That's the uh, best kind of April Fool's joke, though. I hate April Fool's jokes that are just lies, right? Like a like a website that publishes like, oh, Final Fantasy nineteen is coming out next month. Like well, that's not funny. That's not interesting. Right. But when you provide people with actual silly content, that's the good stuff. Yeah. I'm just well, relieved this isn't a friggin' for. karaoke episode. <laughs> <laughs> Take that back. Take that back. You didn't need to edit it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, I mean, so technically we're doing a straight episode, but uh, everything is the Chocobo theme today uh, from various games. So I, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, and I think it's actually a brilliant idea because the Chocobo theme, while it is, you know, it's it's just two little pieces of two little pieces of melody it's infinitely malleable as you will hear later in this episode like this thing transforms into any style any number of different uh, forms it's really quite an incredible little little tune mm. yeah so you know I, I usually like to ask people like you know to talk about their uh, familiarity with the series or the topic but i'm not really sure how to get into like you know how familiar are you with chocobos uh, although if someone has an answer, like please go ahead. 
Have you played Final Fantasy? Have you ever wondered what the name of the big yellow birds are? You know, one thing that comes to mind for me is that, sadly, I don't think I've ever played any of the many, like, Chuckabo side story games. Like, no Mystery Dungeon, no Chuckabo Racing. Not even the DS one? Yeah, I haven't played a single game where, like, Chuckabo's in the name of the game Mm. or the main character, and I feel a lot of shame about that. (laughs) Well, we can fix that. Yeah, actually, the everybody is supposed to be pretty good, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. Well, I heard a lot of them are good, but everybody I heard was really good. Yeah. They are pretty challenging games for how cute they are. Okay, I guess we can need to work on that after this. <laughs> um, all right, well, why don't we why don't we get started here? Uh, Jono actually has our first two tracks because he thought it was a good idea to start with like some origins of Chocobos. Where are we starting here? All right, well, we're going to start with the Chocobo theme, um, appropriately enough. Uh, from Final Fantasy II. So this is the NES Final Fantasy II. This is the very first appearance of Chocobos. And as you will hear, it is extremely simple. Um, it does not include the, I hesitate to even call it a bridge, but the uh, the, the middle part. It's literally just the, the main theme repeated over and over and over again. Um, so we're not going to, when I edit this, I'm not going to let it play for three minutes straight because I think we'd lose all of our audience. <laughs> That's true. So five minutes? Yeah, five minutes, just <laughs> nonstop. That would be the best April Fool's episode if after this I just played the original Chocobo theme from Final Fantasy II oh, for the gosh. remainder of the episode. Ten-hour yeah. extended YouTube cut. Yep. <laughs> uh, and the other one that I've chosen is Chocobo Chocobo from Final Fantasy IV, uh, which is the first SNES Final Fantasy game. And this is the first game that includes the the bridge, which, thank God, they – thank God uh, – uh, they added the bridge because otherwise this is just, it adds a little bit more shape to the song. Um, so yeah, I th- I'll, I'll talk about these two in a minute, but I think these are the the origins, the, the foundational layer of everything that we're going to be hearing later in the episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go listen to Chocobo theme from Final Fantasy 2 and Chocobo Chocobo from Final Fantasy 4, also known sometimes in the past as Final Fantasy 2.
Okay, so uh, what's there to say about the Chocobo theme from Final Fantasy II, aside from this is the simplest possible version of the Chocobo theme, because it's the original version of the Chocobo theme. Uh, it is really just those, it's just the the, the melody, the, the first part of the melody that you know. Um, there's a nice little happy background music going in there. Uh, you listen to the song whenever you get on a Chocobo, um, which is, you know, your, your fast your fast travel mechanic, I guess, in Final Fantasy 2, and pretty much every Final Fantasy going forward. Um, and yeah, I... It's tricky to talk about this, because what is there really to say about it? There's... It's very basic. Extremely basic. Um, which is sort of the point. Um, it's catchy, it's fun, it's bouncy, it kind of exemplifies everything that riding a chocobo is like. Yeah, I mean... I don't have a whole lot in my notes either because it's so such a short little loop, you know. It's it's interesting, of course, to think about the fact that this loop was recorded, uh, you know, 35, 36 years ago. Uh, so think about that, like how long this theme has been with us. Yeah, I know. And it's also very strange that it's not like the NES couldn't have handled the, uh, the version that's in Final Fantasy IV. It's like there are longer loops than this in this game. Like this is a... In a game that's known for some short uh, song loops, this is a particularly short sound loop. Yeah. And, you know, Final Fantasy 3's is a little bit longer, too. It's a little bit longer. They expanded it a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy 2. It's, uh, it's an interesting game for several reasons. Um, and one of them being that it introduces the Chocobo. So for that, I will be forever thankful for Final Fantasy 2. I think even despite how simple it is, like what really blows me away is the cultural impact of it. Like in Uematsu composing this really simple loop, would he ever have thought that it would have the impact to become probably what is the most widely recognized song in the entire series? I could almost guarantee that he most certainly did not. <laughs> yeah, he would just be blown away. Like, to see this song just coming back again over and over. I think it's a possibility that, like, a lot of musicians who write their... Like, let's face it, he has written, you know, some of the most iconic Final Fantasy music ever. But for the most part, this is probably his best-known song. <laughs> I'm sure he just whipped it up, like, ten seconds. He's like, here's a catchy melody that... Yeah, people have fun oh, yeah. and then just forget about. Oh yeah, or he's probably angry. He's like, oh, they need the <laughs> bird song. Fine. <laughs> there you go. Done. <laughs> Thirty-two years uh, later. <laughs> that's totally it. I can picture it. Development's almost done, but we just decided that this needs One to have its song. own theme song. Yeah. One more. But it does. It sounds like something that like a really talented musician would like write completely off the cuff, not even think about it, not like put a lot of thought or sit down with sheet music or like, okay, let's figure this out. Doop. What comes after that? No, he just writes it and bam, it's done. And he doesn't think about it again. And then Final Fantasy three comes along. And they're like, Hey, let's put that Chocobo Diddy back in again. It again. Like, All right, let's work for me. And then it just keeps happening. And the fourth one, they're like, okay, Chocobo Diddy, but this time add a little bit more to it. Yeah. It is really interesting. You know, when you make a first sequel, right? in what ends up being a long running series you'll try a lot of different stuff you know like the prelude and the main theme from final fantasy one would become mainstays but two had its own sort of main theme that didn't get reused and of all the songs from two the only song originally written for two that became a mainstay is the chocobo theme Hmm. and when you think about like what's carried through 
in all of Uematsu's Final Fantasy music, it is the prelude, the main theme, the chukbo theme, and the opening bass line to the standard battle theme. Like those are the main things. And uh and Chukabo was not in the first game. All the others were started with the first game, but uh Chukabo started with two, which is, you know, a, as we've noted, a very interesting uh entry in the overall franchise so it's i think it's historically interesting that uh the cute little yellow bird was born here in this game and has had such a long life since yes arguably the chocobo is the main mascot of the of the franchise i think it's the protagonist of all final fantasy games (laughs) (laughs) really Oko would agree with you. Where would we be without the Chocobo? I would have loved to have seen, I mean, obviously DLC wasn't a thing back then, but in Final Fantasy V, they totally could have done a DLC with Boko, just like what Boko was up to when uh, when the when the, the Warriors of, uh, uh, why am I blanking on their name? The Warriors of, they're not the Warriors of Dawn, they're the Warriors of... The Big Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played five, so... When Bart's and the team are off, I would have loved to have seen what Boko was up to. Yeah. That would have been fun. Going on dates with Coco. Yep. But how did how did he meet Coco? Is there really a Chocobo called Coco? Yeah, it's his girlfriend. Oh my gosh. They have Chocobo babies. I need to play this game. Yeah, five's great. You do need to play this game. Five yeah. is one of the best array. Like it's, yeah. it's why do we need to talk about merit the merits of Final Fantasy V? It's friggin' great. Play it. We don't need to. At this point, I'm just waiting for the a release date for those Pixel Remasters. Never gonna on happen. Switch. <laughs> well, they already announced them. They just need to give us a date. It'd be so amazing! It'd be so amazing if they announced it for PlayStation and for Xbox, and they just did not mention it for Switch. I don't want that to happen, no, but I would enjoy if that happened, just to see the reaction of everybody. Don't curse this for me, Jono. <laughs> um, okay, well, I guess we'll move on to a slightly more complex version of this. So, Chocobo, Chocobo from Final Fantasy IV. Um, like I said, this is the first SNES entry of the series, and like, like everything in Final Fantasy IV, it's a expanded version of the original. Um, Final Fantasy IV was the first one to introduce a... I mean, obviously, 1 through 3 had a plot, but this really had uh, identifiable characters with locked classes, uh, a beautiful, gigantic world, lots of colors. It was an SNES game. Um, but you can still see it's, it's an evolution of where it was coming from, and like that, Chocobo Chocobo. I've read somewhere that it's also known as Celtic Chocobo, I don't know why. I think it's just because of the the arrangement on. Uh, yeah, I think it's the Celtic moon arrangement that yeah, the, got its kind of association with that. Yeah, but it's not it's not an official it's not an official de Chocobo name like many of their other ones. No, that that starts with FF five, I think. Yeah, um, which we'll get into that. But that's I think that's an absolute genius uh, genius name for all of the game all of them moving forward. Um, yeah, so it uh, this it starts off pretty much the same. It has the same uh, it has the same uh, eight bar structure off the top there, and then it, it jumps into a, a little thing which is could arguably the bridge. So it goes from a eight bar to a or a sixteen. I guess it would be an eight bar to then a sixteen sixteen bar. Yeah, yeah, uh, piece, and uh, it just gets a lot more happy. The 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 midsection is is awesome. It's fun. It it provides a little bit more uh, movement. It makes it so you don't want to kill yourself after listening to it for more than a minute. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's a great theme, but like the original version is very repetitive because yeah. it's it's eight bars repeat, eight bars repeat just forever. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is 
eight bars, eight bars, and then it goes into the, the I guess, the bridge section, which is another eight bars, eight bars, and then it, it, it gives a little bit more shape to it. Um, it. This this plays as an evolution of the original theme, and everything after this is an evolution of this version of the theme, yep. which is why I picked it. I thought these this is the origin of the song. Uh, these are the origins of the, the main song. So Final Fantasy II brings the initial version, and Final Fantasy IV refines it and adds the midsection. And the, you'll hear these two little pieces of music popping up throughout the rest of the episode and throughout the rest of the Final Fantasy series. I feel like what makes a really big difference in this particular version as an evolution of the one from 2 uh, is the bass line. Like, the bass line is actually really funky. Like, it's kind of driving the, the music forward, whereas in the original, it was purely just the melody. Um, but I, I really like the, the layered feel um, of the track from Final Fantasy IV. Like, a, as you say, this is quite kind of the definitive version of the Chocobo theme. Like, it's probably what Uematsu wanted it to sound like initially, but probably didn't give it too much thought because it was just this simple melody that had been added to the game. Oh, yeah. You know that he was also like, oh, I have to write another piece of the bird song. Not again. Done. Good. Take it. Gone. You're done. But this time, add some bass. Well, also, you know, this time he had much more powerful hardware to work with. So he was able to do more with it. Yeah, having those additional sound channels must have been amazing mm. back in the SNES days for a musician. Oh, a huge late. Yeah, especially especially being able to do stuff with bass, I think, is, um, you know, instead of just lower pitches that you can oscillate with, you know, you mm. have um, some ability to, to synthesize and create your own sound banks and that sort of thing. Um, and if, if you've looked in the credits uh, of lots of games and soundtracks from that era, um, Minoru Akao is like, um, was like the sound engineer for the Super Famicom era for Square. And oh, God uh, bless them. Yeah, like huge, uh, huge steps forward. If you listen specifically to like the entire like Square library of music from that era compared to other developers, like Minoru Akao deserves a ton of credit as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the baseline in this one is really good. What the the yeah the sort of interlude transition bridge part. Um, you know, you finally break out of just a single major. You instead of just holding the tonic, you go like four, five, one, multiple times, and then you hold a flat seven. And at the one part, there's a chromatic descent in the bass. It's like C. D, G, E, C, D, and then uh, G, F sharp, F, E, E flat, D, D flat, and then back to C. So like you get the sweet little descent as part of the uh, the uh, bridge section, and it's um, to me like that little bit right there is very iconic as far as the bass line goes. I'd also like to shout out the marimba that they have in it. Like I, I think mm. that makes it sound so much more playful. Like that that to me is kind of the essence of Chocobo. Yeah, I, yeah. The the marimba. I totally forgot about how nice that sounds. It's also interesting to remember that uh, for Western audiences, this was the first time we actually heard the Chocobo theme because we didn't get two or three. Mm. So this was the the Western introduction of the Chocobo. And I remember playing Final Fantasy IV and finding a Chocobo forest and being able to catch a Chocobo and going off was always a super exciting thing. 
it was so much fun. And I think part of that was that the the overworld music changed and we got this happy, boppy, fun theme. Um, and we could get anywhere as fast as we could. And best of all, there were no random battles because ain't no monsters going to fuck the chocobo. <laughs> <laughs> that's true gonna quit with the chocobo you mean yeah quit and work with it um i'm trying to actually think this through in my head and i think you're right that it's the first introduction to western audience uh the oh, first second and setsu right. um yeah or final fantasy adventure for the game boy also has the chocobo theme in it um a very short oh. arrangement uh i think i think ff4 came out a good six months before, but I would have to go look it up to be sure. I'm I'm sure. Uh, Final Fantasy Legend, as of course we know it, uh, 1989. So that was only a year after Final Fantasy II. Um, so yeah, that still predates. Oh, that's not Legend oh, hang, hang, of Saga. Yeah. You got to look at Adventure, the first, second, and set two. Oh right. Oh, Final Fantasy naming schemes. Uh, yeah, right. So they, confusing. They could they could only sell it as Final Fantasy games uh, in the West because. Yep, yep. They weren't ready to establish new franchises. It's funny. You know, normally, uh, if it was later in the day and I had more coffee and I wasn't on the spot, I would know that. I do know that. Now <laughs> I seem like I don't know anything. And everyone's going to be like, look, this guy doesn't know anything. No, you know tons of things. It's just morning. Um, ooh, okay. So Final Fantasy Adventure was November 1991 in, in, America. North, in North America. Whereas FF4 was earlier in 91, right? I don't know. I was a kid. It's like I think I think it was Final Fantasy Four was like summer of ninety one, wasn't it? Really, I thought it was ninety two. November. No, you're right. It was a. It was a. Okay. It was no. Okay. Now we have to. Okay. Final November. Fantasy Two was released in October of nineteen ninety one. Not in no in Japan. Yes. No, in October nineteen ninety one in North America. Oh well, this page this page says November, so now now I don't know. Okay, here we go. Looking at I'm looking at the uh, Final Fantasy wiki here. Uh, so yeah, July 19th, 1991 was released in Japan. And then in North America, it was released on... Oh, you're right. It says it was released November 23rd, 1991 in Japan, uh, America and Canada. Wow, that's a really fast turnaround for a uh, for a localization in 1991. Yeah, no kidding. It really is. I wonder if that means they came out like promotionally like the same week or something. Like maybe even simultaneous release. I don't that know. That was Thanksgiving. I mean, the, the the Wikipedia page on Adventure, unfortunately, just says November. Like, there's not a yeah. specific date because... Lost to the mists of history. Yeah. It's really hard finding specific dates on really old games. Let's go with America got both the Game Boy and SNES version <laughs> of the Chocobo theme that same time. Hmm. And I would have heard, as a child, I think I heard both within that same time because I was blessed with an older sibling who kept up with this cool stuff i'm just crying over here because australia got nothing <laughs> oh. yeah well eventually you would get terranigma and we didn't so that's true we we got a win there yeah that's a huge win as far as i'm concerned i'm reading uh ben i'm reading wow this is going to feel very patronizing <laughs> you're australian uh, i'm reading uh bill bryson's book uh in a sunburned country right now uh -huh. um i'm almost done with it it's it was a fascinating a fascinating travel adventure through Australia in, I think, the late 1990s. Oh, that's it's, awesome. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, I highly recommend it. I don't, not necessarily to you. I think you might find it a little redundant. But <laughs> anyone who, anyone who doesn't live in Australia, I highly recommend it. And anything else by Bill Bryson. Bill Bryson's amazing. I would like to read it. And I, I would also like to write a historical fiction piece where 
uh, people ride through the Australian outback on chuckabos. Just <laughs> a thought. Let's do it. Can you write that by uh, March 30th? Working we'll on it, it. And we'll put it on the site. Yeah. Working, on, mean it. working on it. Best fanfic ever. <laughs> working back- on it. Oh, God. Working on it. Yeah. We're going to bring back the fanfiction section just for that. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can't. Based on some of the history I've read in this book, I can't help but feel that chocobos would have been extremely useful in the Australian outback. Yes. Oh, absolutely. A lot. Of, a lot less people would have died trying to explore the place. Anyway, so yeah, these are the origins of the chocobos, and uh, I'm glad that they are. I'm glad that they exist. But what what comes from these two is just insane. Yeah. That that's completely a- crazy. Oh boy. All right. Never mind. Thank you. That's perfect. You could, I could not have asked for a better segue. Were you going to keep using the word origin or b- before you saw the way I wrote the track list? Because I'm very happy that I chose that word, given how you introduced those. That's perfect. Origin de Chocobo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't looked at the track list yet on your podcast player or RPG fan, I, I thought it'd be fun to name each of our blocks. So we just finished listening to Origins de Chocobo. <laughs> um and unless we think of a better name before posting, my my name for the Pat's block here is Whiplash to Chocobo because I really couldn't figure out any other way to combine these two songs. But I'm happy you brought them. I think it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. What are you naming the episode? Is it going to be Rhythm to Chocobo? Sure, probably. There uh, we go. You know, we uh, naming the episode is something I always figure out very late in the process, unfortunately. I always like pull people on the episodes. I'm like, hey, by the way, like put everyone on the spot, like come up with a name for this. But you know, <laughs> it's it's hard to come up with a name right on the spot, uh, even though you just did. So yeah. So we might do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, Pat, what crazy stuff do you have for us? Uh, yeah, we have some really fun uh, stuff coming in this next block. Uh, first up, we have uh, the controversial Crazy Chuckabo from Final Fantasy 13 2 arranged by uh, Shooty HG, and we'll get into that more afterwards. Um, and then after that, we're going to hear the Final Fantasy VII Piano Collections arrangement version of the uh, FF7 uh, Cinco de Chocobo. All right, let's go check out 13.2 and Final Fantasy VII. Thank you can ride. 
that was uh, Crazy Chuckabo and Cinco de Chuckabo. And um, all right, let's just jump into it with uh, <laughs> Crazy Chuckabo. So, uh, Shooty HG uh, is a uh, artist name or moniker for um, a, a sound engineer and sound designer named Sean McPherson. Um, you know, most of Final Fantasy XIII II was composed by a trio Masashi Hamusu, Mitsuto Suzuki, and Naoshi Mizuta. And for whatever reason, they're like, someone at some point said, hey, we want like a Limp Biscuit style butt rock song <laughs> to throw in the middle of 13 2. It is not the standard music for the Chuckabo theme. There is another Chuckabo track on 13 2 that if you play the game and you're just riding a Chuckabo, you get this theme. Uh, Crazy Chuckabo was used for a racing minigame, if I recall correctly. And um, when the song first came out, it was universally disparaged. I mean, people were just like, like there was like fan outrage over it. How could if, you do this to my song? Yeah, if you go and look up this song on on YouTube, the first posting of it, which was actually a leak before like a few weeks before the game came out and look at the comments over like the last five years you'll find that at least for the fan base this song has aged incredibly well people actually love it it's Mm. it's like to dislike ratio sharply moved in the positive in the last five years and i think that fan experience matches my own i remember when it first came out i was like this is kind of a schlock song and and certainly goofy and dumb but um man thinking back to it now and listening to it um and like just the stupid lyrics things like everybody's gonna want to ride your chuckabo and uh um so cute yet fierce is he from hell <laughs> stuff like that just so like stupid it's the it is the dumbest lyrics on earth um but like like the double bass pedal like drumming and just like like intentionally like yes just everything about it is what i would refer to as sort of like butt rock or like borders on new metal and um like you really could imagine this being a limp biscuit song like fred durst singing this but it was all the work of this one sound engineer who was like i'm gonna put it all out there and like I just have so much respect for him doing something mm. so absurd and ridiculous with the Chuckabo theme. It, and it's barely a Chuckabo song by the end, but it's so memorable. So I just, I adore it. I saw in the comments from the video was actually a comment from him. Yes, from, from Shooty HG. Yep. Yeah, and he summarizes it perfectly. Like his closing sentence, he says, take changes or risk being normal. Yeah. And yeah. like this, this Chocobo theme is anything but normal. I agree. And go, riffing off my my joke in my section about how uh, the original was probably written in like a minute and a half. This clearly more effort has gone into this arrangement than probably has gone into any of the original versions of the Chocobo theme. Mm. Like a lot of work obviously went into this arrangement of this song. Um I'm also looking at the I'm looking at the wiki page here and it says the lyrics were simply credited to Square Enix music, which I just think is hysterically funny that no one wants to take credit for these lyrics. No, yeah, <laughs> not even Sean's taking credit for those. 
Oh, I think they're funny, though. Like, clearly, the song is trying to be absurd, and it nails yes, it. It does. Yeah. I'm just imagining, like, somebody... It, no one's taking credit. It's it's not... No one's taking credit. It's just anonymous. Like, it shows... <laughs> these these lyrics show up on, like, the manager of the Square Enix Music's desk, and it's, like, perfect in calligraphy, just, like, this beautiful little note that's left <laughs> on his desk. I, I can't think of anything funnier than, like, a perfect calligraphy, the line, gonna ride him straight through hell in this chocobo rodeo yes <laughs> yeah uh, it's so edgy I, my my reaction was also like a lot of people like the first thing i wrote in my notes was that i've never loathed and loved a chocobo theme as much as this one yep because it, like it's when you first hear it it's like it's so completely unlike what you think it's going to be so it's like and I like new things like I, I like experiencing new things and you know musically I like when people do different things with music so um, so like normally I'm like yeah I'm all for it but like this one just caught me off guard so much um you know it, it's almost like uh shooty HD like played Final Fantasy 10 and heard other world and said mm-hmm. hmm this is really tame like let's let's go a little further with this yeah and you know it it's it has the energy of like what you would normally associate with like a boss fight in these games. And it's just riding a chocobo. <laughs> and like the, the music is just hilariously over the top. The lyrics obviously are too. And you know, it's one of the, I'm not going to call it. Well, okay. Some of the lyrics are kind of stupid, but obviously that's by design. You know, it's one of those things where when you get to like stupid humor, um, I, I, I have very like particular, sometimes that works for me and sometimes it doesn't. But I think a lot of times if it's stupid enough, if it goes so far, if it goes so far down that road, it kind of loops back around. I'm like, oh, wait, it becomes funny again. Um, I think that's what that's why this works for me, because it's like I went from like, yeah, I don't like this at all. And now whenever I can work in the phrase, so you think you can ride this chocobo into a conversation, I will do it. Um, but I got to listen to the lyrics again, because, I, I mean, the one you guys keep quoting, I'm like, oh, boy, that one is the one I need to work in the conversations now. Well, when I feed my guinea pigs, I have a boy guinea pig named Henry, and I like to think I'll give him some hay, and it's like gas him up with the greens and let him go. Yes. <laughs> stand back, stand clear, as he puts on a show. See, this song is a masterpiece. It like, is. People, <laughs> people don't realize, like, this yeah, it, is the best Chocobo thing. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> dumb and it's so perfect i think mike what you said about loving and loathing simultaneously like i i hold both of those beautiful feelings in tension i think if you're a musician one thing you desperately need to strive for is an understanding of an appreciation of musical styles that you may not like like i instinctively feel a revulsion to thrash metal Mm -hmm. Uh, deep inside my soul i feel a revulsion and i'm not a giant fan of i guess would this be considered rap like the lyrics it feels like it yeah, anyway well, there's certainly it's it's spoken word right yeah, it's not it's, singing yeah exactly and like neither of these music styles uh connect with me and i i can't stand thrash metal um but at the same time because i strive to look beyond my own taste at the effort and talent and artistry that goes into making this music that i do not like i can appreciate this song from that angle but in every other way i fuck loathe this song <laughs> like oh my god it's so bad i hate it if, so much if you so bad it's good if you have no it's not not for me if you haven't played 13 or aren't going to play 13 uh 
at least watch a video because I think the the experience, the audio visual experience of hearing this while just seeing someone just trot along on a chocobo actually will give you a different kind of appreciation for it. I'm not saying it's going to make you like it anymore, but you'll be like, oh, okay, now I'm even more confused. The juxtaposition's hilarious. Perhaps, but this song almost single-handedly is responsible for me thinking about removing Final Fantasy 13, all three of them, from my backlog list. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we're going to get late, you know, we're getting some more from some more 13 recognition coming up in the playlist, and I think hopefully that'll you know redeem it, it for you. Because yeah, there's some will. really good tracks coming up. They will. They will, I promise. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is, uh, I think this is about as, I'm, I'm saying this now, evidently, you know, this might change in the, in the future, but this is about as far as I think you can push the Chocobo theme without breaking it completely. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. This is the outer, the outer limits of Chocobodom. Yeah. I also don't know of any other rhythm encounter episode or theme. Uh, in the past or the future that we've talked about where this would have fit except this episode. So I'm happy that it was here. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Are we in hell? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to the next one because I think, I think this one is more roundly instead of love-hate. I think this one is just more roundly in the realm of love. At least yeah. it is for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so the original song... Cinco de Chocobo. It's called Cinco because that's the Spanish word for five. And the big twist on this arrangement or remaking, it's still completely Uematsu's composition, is that instead of the song being in 4 4, um, it's in 5 4. It's in a, it's in a five uh, time signature. Um, the time signature has been warped in other ways too. There's a waltz to Chocobo that's in 3 4. Um, in another game. But uh, Senko de Chocobo is really interesting for pulling off um, five. Now, sometimes it also breaks into a six. Um, and the only reason I know this is I have the sheet music for FF7 Piano Collection, so it's really easy for me to look at and study. Um, but yeah, in the original version in, in FF7, it you know the whole tricky bit to it was... Um, we're going to play with the time signature, which means we're going to hold different notes in the melody for longer and others, you know, we're going to truncate and make it shorter. Um, that feeling in five is so wild because you're counting out and you're going to expect two sets of three, but you get three and then two. So you always get that, you get that jump. Uh, that's the surprise. And I think that it feels, it gives a t- totally different feel. And if you imagined riding a, uh, a chocobo, or in fact, just riding in general, you expect so much consistency. You would expect sort of a uh, a common time four four feeling to it. Um, so it it's so off kilter. Um, now Seiji Honda, who did um, the um, the FF Seven Piano Collection version, uh, his performance is um, a little more jazzy than the OST version. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I was going to do the original version, but I love this piano collection version so much, uh, that I just, I just felt like I had to do it. There's also a couple of, uh, uh, breaks and a little bit of improvisation in this version that's not in the OST version that I was just like, if we're going to, you know, mess with the time signature and have fun with it, let's, let's do this version. Cause I just think it's really unique. I always learn so much about music when you're on. Like as 
all of these Chocobo themes, like almost every single one, like I can look at the name and like, I understand why they're named what they're named. I understand Mambo and Crazy and Blues and all of those. I never knew why this one was named that. So thank you for that. It's so funny when I first listened to the song, I, I mean, I've heard the, I've heard the, you know, the Final Fantasy VII version, because, you know, you write, this is the song that plays when you're riding a chocobo on the map. Uh, but when I was listening to this piano version, my very first thought was, this sounds like Take 5. And then yes, I... Yes, exactly. Yeah, this sounds like Take 5. And then I, I just was looking at the wiki here, and it says specifically, an homage to Take 5. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so if, yeah, if you guys know... Dave Brubeck that's Dave, Dave Brubeck's uh, Take 5, it... Yeah, Uematsu was clearly familiar with the piece and went for that style. Yeah, so the do 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 Yep. Yep. I shouldn't admit this, but all I can think of when you say take five is my favorite Reese's candy. So it's an homage to Uematsu's favorite candy. I mean, I would like an homage to that. Take five is fantastic. That would be anachronistic. I think take five came out after FF7. That's true. There's a time paradox going on. Yeah. Well. 13.2 will explain it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Ben, do you have take fives? Uh, I, I think a lot of our confectionery here varies significantly. But I, we're, I we're starting to get more like races and stuff, which I'm really happy about. Yeah. Yeah. So take take five has five things in it. So it's chocolate and peanut butter and caramel uh-huh. and pretzel. Pretzel oh, is yes. the weird thing. And I've uh, had one before. That, that thing. Yeah. Anyway. That thing that sounds like a chocobo. Yes, <laughs> uh, apparently <laughs> not. Not to take us too off topic, okay? But I don't usually get the option to talk about a take five on Rhythm Encounter, so I'm going to take That's advantage. Fine. Welcome to Candy so Encounter. <laughs> Actually, we need if we keep it with the R, we have to do a Reese's Encounter specifically. Reese's Encounter. Oh, yes, sign me up. I love Reese's. All right, future Patreon show. We'll re- we'll record it live from Hershey Park. <laughs> I'll meet you guys there. All right. Um, yeah, this is it's it's just a really really cool song, and the this particular arrangement of it, the piano arrangement, is amazing. It's um, beautiful. It's Such beautiful. A nice it's, track. Yeah, and it, it genuinely sounds like it's an homage to Take Five, but it's it's very much its own piece, uh, and it it works. It's again a a perfect example of just how malleable the chocobo theme is, and how you can fit it into uh, a different time, a different uh, a different time. You can fit it into different different scales and it still works uh works uh it still works yeah i mean seven not that we're talking about electric to to chocobo but i think seven's a really good example too of when they started really going like i mean other games had more than one theme but like comparing this to electric and i think there's another one or two in seven um it's just really interesting like hearing all the different takes even within a single game yeah there was another one for um associated with like the chuck of a farm that was more sort of a soft lullaby oh, kind of yeah. piece i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah we start getting more than one chuck of a theme with with the later games um and yeah i think i prefer cinco over electric electrics is that the racing like the surf rock kind of one yeah oh yeah 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 which is it's still that's still a good track too but i prefer what you get to hear on the world map with Senko. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's beautiful. It's like it it. I like the energy of Chocobo Chocobo because it has this like it's this fun bop and it's like exciting and upbeat. And this one is upbeat, but it doesn't have that. I don't mean this in a bad way. It's like it's not as exciting. It's just kind of relaxing. 
Yeah, it's a little um, more chill. It's a lot more chill. Particularly this arrangement. Like, when I listen to this, it sounds classy. Like, I could hear it in, like, a lounge bar, like, while I'm having a whiskey or something. Just, like, it, it feels like that kind of music to me, which, I, I mean, that that's not exactly the vibe that I get from the original in Final Fantasy VII, but certainly this arrangement. Yeah. Uh, it's actually really funny you said that because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about because I know Platt, Platt? Um, I know Pat can uh, play piano. So I thought it'd be fun. I'm like, Pat, we should just take you to a piano bar and just have you start playing this. I've I've struggled a great deal with this one, actually. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I've gotten really good at about half of the piano collections, but um, seven has been, for whatever reason, uh, a struggle for me. These arrangements are, are a little more complex than what you'll hear on um, even like eight, nine, ten. Um, 10-2, well, 10-2 can get a little wild because it's so jazzy, but like uh, 7, I've always struggled with, and Cinco de Chocobo is no exception. Um, it The main part's fine, but when you get to some of that sort of improvish solo fun stuff, uh, I start to check out, and that's when I want to call in someone who's more professional. <laughs> in fact, I think um, Kara Comparetto has the this exact version recorded on her youtube account and uh if i were at a if i were at a bar and someone was playing piano of final fantasy music i'd want her there because she she kills it man give me a give me a link to that i'll put it in the notes i will or you can just put it in the notes i will thank you i think it's also important to remember that just like just like in my block how it was you know final fantasy 2 was the first Chocobo theme. Final Fantasy IV was an evolution. It was the first entry on the SNES. This is the first entry on the uh, on the PlayStation, and this is like it's a jump to 32-bit. And because of that, we can really hear just how much more complex uh, the arrangements get here, and the the, the new tools that they had to explore uh, music in these games. Um, and obviously, you can certainly hear it with this. This is not something I think could be pulled off on the SNES sound chip. <laughs> no. No, yeah, the the number of just the number of channels, the number of you know unique instruments or synths that you can have running simultaneously, I think quadrupled from mm-hmm. SNES to the 32-bit. I think it went from uh, to go from eight channels to 32 channels or eight channels to 16. So you could have like just a lot more going on, just layering. Mm-hmm. I also. I mean, I've been joking about this, but I genuinely love the idea that Umatsu, this is this is his Hotel California. This is his American Pie. This is the song that he wrote <laughs> that he loathes now that just he follows him everywhere. It, yeah. He can't get away from it. And I just imagine he's so excited about about working with the PlayStation sound chip. He's like, I'm going to be able to do so many things. And they're like, yeah, we're going to need four different Chocobo themes for this game. <laughs> uh, because there are that's a lot of Chocobo. Yeah, it is. The way you keep coming back to this is really making uh, working at Square in like the 80s and 90s feel like office space. And Umatsu's <laughs> yeah, just sit, sitting we're in gonna a, need more. Yeah, he's just <laughs> sitting in the cubicle and the Chocobo theme is basically his TPS reports. <laughs> we're going to need another Chocobo theme. Yeah, yeah we're going to need a few more of those. three already. Yeah. He's not going home until he's finished. Also, you know, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday and finish that if, you know. We, we might need another one out on top of that, too. <laughs> that would be great. <sighs> anyway, um, you know, I wish I knew about uh, the origin or the naming behind Cinco. I would have probably paired it with Mambo, but I also 
really stand by a pairing that with Crazy Chocobo because it's just a ridiculous pairing. Mm-hmm. It is Whiplash. It is. It is. To go from that one to the other, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're polar opposites. Yes, yeah. they are. Yeah, you got, like, st- like stupid out there and then, like, classy as hell. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Here's a question that I have because I've been... Final Fantasy VII Remake has been on my backlog forever, and I've not just been avoiding the game, but I've also been avoiding listening to the music because I want it to be original. How are the Chocobo themes in the remake? I don't know. I'm, I'm in the same camp as you, actually, Jono. I haven't played uh, the remake, and I haven't listened to the music yet. I, I can't recall hearing the Chocobo theme. Like, there there are themes that play when you're around a Chocobo that are kind of like country, western sort of style, but... Off the top of my head, I can't actually remember hearing it. I guess I, that makes sense because we're we're still in Midgar. We haven't gotten yeah. to the Golden Saucer and we haven't gotten to the Overworld yet. So, mm. I mean, those are the two places where genuinely you – you or the Chocobo Farm for that matter. So these yeah. places – there's going to be like 20 Chocobo themes in uh, in Reborn. Yeah, the next yeah the next game should be pretty Chocobo heavy on the soundtrack. It's going to be nothing but Chocobo music the entire <laughs> game. I'll take I, it. Yeah, yeah, that would be fine with me. Um, yeah, I don't – I haven't finished remake, but I I don't know if there's any chocobo. I'm actually looking at the soundtrack uh, now just to recall. see. That's, that's kind of that's kind of weird to think about, huh? I'm looking at it now. We got uh, we have a few of them. We have wild chocobo, which is uh, okay. plays while using fast travel. Uh, we have an arrangement of electric to chocobo that's in the jukebox, and we have hip hop hip hop to chocobo, which is another obtainable track for the jukebox. So presumably, hip hop to yeah. chocobo and electric to chocobo, the remake are going to be. Uh, will be in the, the next game, presumably. So two of the three are jukebox songs. Mm. All right. Well, that's fair. You're, you're not going to you're not gonna get very far in, inside Midgar on Chocobo anyway. Right. In the when, original when you game, have motorcycles. you don't see him at all in the Midgar. Yeah. So that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to go to our, our third block here? Yeah, I'm Let's excited about it. Let's get bopping. All right. So our third block is Bop the Chocobo. Um, so I, I, this is one of those episodes where I, I always try to like mix people's tracks around, but whatever. We ended up having a block that's just Jono, one that's just Pat, and then that leaves the rest of the episode for Ben and I. So yay, yeah. So my first song of the episode is Mambo to Chocobo, but it's the uh, arrangement and performance from the Bra Bra Brass to Bravo Two album. Um. So I'm I'm really excited about this one. I I love love these albums so much. So I'm glad I got had an opportunity to bring one on. Um, and Ben, it's it's tough for me to follow that because the the arrangement that you've picked is just phenomenal. Um, but I I've chosen Pulse to Chocobo from Final Fantasy Thirteen, composed by uh, Masashi Hamauzu, uh, and I think it it's a really interesting take and and very funky. Yeah. Oh, I mean, don't worry about like following mine. Like, I I love the Chocobo music, and well, I love all the music in thirteen. So it's all you, good. Mm-hmm. You are just fine. So let's go listen to Mambo to Chocobo and Pulse to Chocobo. Let's go.
So, Mambo de Chocobo. Um, I, I, this game, this is one of the Chocobo themes in the new theater rhythm, and I keep going back and playing it because I like it so much. Um, I'm, I'm only a little sad that it's a field theme, so you can't play multiplayer with it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, despite not having played Final Fantasy V, as I talked about, I really just adore this song. And the the Bra Bra albums are so good. Um, there's been there's been three of them, three general ones, and then a Final Fantasy VII specific one. And I really, I mean, we're going to talk about this song, but just quickly, like I encourage anyone to like check out the albums entirely. Um, I don't know if they're on Square's YouTube channel, but they're just so fun. Like I would absolutely love to hear one of these li perform live. Um, it must be just a great show. Um, but like the the like just the use of brass and like the the higher notes here and just the liveliness and energy of this performance, I just love. Like it really celebrates the spirit of this song, but just in a new way and new instrumentation. It is just such a joy to listen to. Like one of the happiest songs. I've ever heard, and I, I feel like it, it takes what the, the original mumbo is, which is, yeah, it's kind of playful, and it just elevates it. This is next level. Yeah, just the intro bars, right? That intro vamp um, going back and forth, and then you get that break of silence and the boo <laughs> Like, <laughs> like the, well, the way they emulated on, on this arrangement is really good too, but the original just, I remember the first time I heard it, like in the OST format, I was just like, oh, this is like very cute and very clever. So playful. Um, yeah, I think playful is the right word. But yeah, having like a like a sort of that big band but brass centric style um, works well for so many of Uematsu's themes. And of among the varying uh, Chuckabo forms like forms of the Chuckabo theme, I think Mamba was the one where it was like, it was the obvious choice for this style. Mm. The role that this song plays in Final Fantasy, like the arrangement is just cool, but talking just about Mamba to Chocobo in Final Fantasy V, uh, this is the song that plays when you're on a black Chocobo. And the nice thing about Final Fantasy V is outside of the, outside of the big Chocobo, this is the first game that really gives a lot of character to chocobos like the, the chocobos in this game are actual characters there's boko obviously uh who's bart's uh stalwart companion uh and trusty friend and then later in the game you have to go looking for a previously thought extinct black chocobo uh and uh these chocobos just have a lot of personality as compared to the originals so it's really cool to me when they went back and they came up with these two arrangements of the Chocobo. There are two Chocobo themes in this game. There's Boko's theme and then there's uh, Mambo. They really put a lot of character into both of the songs that aren't really there in any of the other versions of the themes where they're great tunes, but they're just, you know, they're, they're travel. That's all they are. Whereas here, these, these are two characters that keep showing up over and over again throughout the game. And the fact that they have their own themes with this much personality really, really works uh, for the characterizations in the game. Like even the Black Chocobo even has a little dance that he does to uh, Mambo. Oh, I like that. I like that they turn it from a, a travel or uh, transportation theme to a character theme in this case. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I had actually forgotten that Mambo the uh, Chocobo exists for the Black Chocobo. And now that you're saying it, like I'm remembering like the the 
cute little sprite animation they have for when he's uh, dancing around. And yeah, I think more than any final, any other Final Fantasy I can think of, this is sort of the most they've ever put into like treating a Chocobo as a as a character. And he, he's got cutscenes, and there's uh, you know there's emotional connection, and not just with Boko, but also the whole section of like finding and catching the black Chocobo and being concerned for his well-being at different points like yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot there that i'd actually forgotten about until you said it jono so thank you it also has if i recall one of the grossest moments in final fantasy history where you catch the black chocobo and it's having trouble flying and then it it drops and then it drops two crystal shards out of it with jobs that it, it uh, and and <laughs> bard goes oh it's still sticky <laughs> oh that's <laughs> right which means this chocobo has been like flying around with like two crystal shards and it's cloaca. And <laughs> oh my god, that must Bart's, be uncomfortable. Poor bird. Bart, Bart's just being ah, it's sticky. He's just horrifying. Which uh, which jobs are they? Oh sugar, it's uh, I think it's Bard, which is appropriate when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's where Bard was comes it, from. Was it Bard and Beastmaster? Beastmaster would make sense. I mean, that would fit. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it's it's the rest of the the was it the rest of the water crystal or the earth crystal or maybe fire? I can't remember. It's I just not know wind, but it's one of the later ones. It might have nothing to. <laughs> Based on the historical portrayal of bards and re- and role playing games, the fact that it's sticky might not have anything to do with the bird's cloaca. It just might <laughs> be the bard shard just happens to be very sticky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Edward. I don't know why Edward's sticky. Just... He's a spoony bard. <laughs> <laughs> but the this arrangement of it is it just takes the original and like puts it up a notch, and the vocalizations of the band throughout it to replicate that. Huh, uh, yes, so I love cool. that. So love cool. That. Yeah, is what a just banger. hilarious. I'm very glad that I managed to work the word cloaca into the episode somewhere, and I'm kind of wondering <laughs> whether or not it. I need to use a chocobo uh, chocobo sound to bleep it out. It's not a swear word. <laughs> It it's anatomical. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a vet, so I approve. It sounds like something you'd say. Like you stub your toe and you're like... <laughs> 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 um, all right, well, Ben, good luck finding a segue from that to your song. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we probably need to move on from our previous conversation anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Pol- Pulse the Chocobo. Like, for, for me, Final Fantasy thirteen. It's not a game I have ever touched. I've never played it. I've never really seen a whole lot of footage of it, but I absolutely love the soundtrack. Um, I've played all the previous Fiat Rhythm games, including the the recent one, Final Bar Line, um, and all the Final Fantasy XIII music just stands out. Like, it is a phenomenal soundtrack. Um, And so my main motivation for choosing Pulse to Chocobo Yes, it's this iconic theme that Uematsu has made his own over at the time of Final Fantasy XIII releasing. Like, we're talking like, oh, what it would have been over 20 years um, of Chocobo theme, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. And for a completely different composer to come along and have to make this their own, like do something completely unique while kind of paying homage to that original track, I, I think is really impressive. Um, and with Pulse to Chocobo, it just starts like 
fast pace immediately. You get the bass line like kicking in straight away. It's driving the song forward. It's it's very like rhythmic. And to me, when I'm listening to this, it sounds like you are on a chocobo and you're just going full steam ahead. Um, it's, it's very funky as well. Like, I, I mean, the, the previous chocobo themes, the original ones in the games, I- incorporate a little bit of funkiness to them, but this one just takes it to the next level. Um, and then all of a sudden, you're just given like a random drum solo towards the end of the track. Like, it, it makes it feel less like a track that's been specifically composed for a video game and more something that you might hear being played live. Um, so it, it's a track that's got a really interesting feel to it. And I, I think uh, Hamauzu did an excellent job in making this their own Chocobo theme and kind of distancing themselves from all the previous ones. I think you're right. And one of the things that I really like about this song is more so than any of the other Chocobo themes from the other games, I feel like this one might actually be the most true to the original in terms of its style. It really does feel like an evolution of what the original theme was, mm. um, rather than putting it into a different style or, or putting it into a different uh, a different scale. This feels very much like what the original was going for under the limitations of the NES sound system back then. This feels like I mean, Chocobo Unleashed sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> that's kind of how it feels to me. It's it's very much a a released version of the Chocobo theme. Like, the Chocobo now can run free and do whatever it wants and play a drum solo. <laughs> also, I, I can't... I know this is going back to my running joke about Uematsu being, like, haunted by the Chocobo theme. And constantly, I imagine after he left and after he no longer had to write it, like, every writer after that... Has anyone seen the end... Has anyone ever seen Amadeus, the movie? Yes. You know, at the end when Salieri is being like wheeled down the hallway and Mozart's ghostly laughter is behind him. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of feel uh, like that's what happens whenever someone else has to write a Chocobo theme and they just hear Uematsu's like ghostly laughter behind them saying, it's not my problem anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining Kefka's laugh. like the. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Yes, that is that is exactly what happens when someone has to write a new Chocobo theme. Yep. Um, I have really strong positive memories around first hearing Pulse to Chocobo. Um, I think of every main Final Fantasy OST, I think this is the only one I ever pre-ordered and like paid for stupid levels of shipping, so I had it like day one. Mm. And um, so I had it well before I had opportunity to play the game. Um, and of course, when I got to, you know, hear it in the context of playing the game, running around, uh, you know, the main planet of Pulse, which uh, is meant to feel like this um, forgotten and unexplored territory and was actually also designed to feel like uh, uh, the Australian Outback, fun fact. Yeah. Oh. Um, Ah, yeah. we're bringing it back. Yeah, and everyone, everyone from Pulse, of which there are two people, uh, have Australian accents. Um, oh, I, I okay. hope they're real Aussie voice actors, but I doubt it. Yeah, no, Vanille and Fang. The whole, all of Pulse was supposed to feel and be sort of inspired by Australia. Yeah. But um, so Pulse to Chocobo um, 
what stands out for me uh, as a fan and student of sorts of Masashi Hamusu is, you know, his uh, his sort of what he's known for, and certainly what he was known for up till that point, was piano and electronica. And while there is certainly piano in this track, uh, this is one of the most uh, acoustically alive and performance-based tracks um, on the entire soundtrack, and to go that route with the Chukabo theme, um, giving all this sort of space around both before and after the main melodic theme um, does bring a lot of energy. I just think the the acoustic guitar alone just does wonders um, for the piece. And I like just how rhythmic the guitar is, just like I, I get so into it when I listen to it. I think it's just like, yeah, there's just so much energy in it and it's so like fun and like intense. Uh, the song that I always think of is the second half of this track that Yoko Kano did for Uncharted Waters 2, called Dance on the Cape of Good Hope. Uh, I always think about that. Now, that was a big band track, but, like, just the rhythm and the energy, especially, of, like, the hand drums, like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, I love this song. Okay, I had to look it up because I didn't know about the, the Australian uh, vibe that Pulse was supposed to be. And um, it turns out one of the two actresses is from Australia. So, yes. um, Vanille, Vanille's actress, is was born in Melbourne, um, and oh, then nice. F- Fang was born in LA. So, you know, the, they try. I was always curious about that because, like, why are these the only two characters with this accent in this game? Um, or why not that? From a- or why that? Well, I mean, yes, but like, why that accent? So, yes. that's interesting. Stop teaching me stuff. It's too early. I'm going to forget <laughs> this later. Um, I think 13, I mean, whatever, like what all of you said, like 13 has great music in general. The the Chocobo themes I adore. I think the the energy and the level of excitement in this song like really works. I mean, for me anyway, like it really worked with my own feelings about getting to explore this world. Um, you know, I'm not going to, uh, we don't need to rehash like what everyone knows about 13 in the first uh, couple dozen hours at least of quote-unquote exploration of running in a line. Um, I know some people are like now fine with that. Um, I know at the time no one liked it, but I don't know. I, I like 13. I'm not going to defend that. I think that was a weird choice, but it also meant when you get to Pulse later in the game, it completely changes your your feeling of the world. Like the, It at least sold that. Like Having the, the way you explore cocoon and then pulse is completely different so like they really do feel like completely different worlds so the idea that this is one of the songs on pulse when the whole world like opens up around you and you can explore um i think that this is the right like i don't know the vibe of this song really fits with that feeling so that's one of the reasons i like it so much yeah absolutely so much of the first three discs of the soundtrack feel like even though they're beautiful there's a lot about it that feels sort of um contained in the sense that you get a lot of like reverb and um like the acoustic choices are are, and and the production choices are very like things feel self-contained and then when you get to disc four and you get to pulse like everything feels very like open and organic and free and pulse to chuckabo is one of the big pieces in that yeah i mean like my favorite song in the whole game is 
dust to dust and that's also a a pulse theme so oh yeah that's uh that's like the erba erba yeah music yeah oh my gosh that song makes me cry yeah so good absolutely mm-hmm. so yeah Oh, that's the end of the block. You're all waiting for me, aren't you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, got, pretty much. <laughs> we got, we got block four. Yep. All right. We got one more. We got to go listen to Chill the Chocobo now. So chill. chill. So chill. Chilling the Chocobo is how you get crispy skin. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no, way I'm, there's no way I can eat eight chicken today. All right. Um, anyway, yeah. So our last block here is, again, going to be a song from me and a song from Ben. So my second one today is Bluesy Chocobo from Final Fantasy XIII, not to be confused with Blues the Chocobo from fifteen. Uh, and on the topic of fifteen, uh, mine is Rodeo the Chocobo from Final Fantasy fifteen by none other than Yoko Shimomura. So excited about this one. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's go listen to Bluesy Chocobo and Rodeo the Chocobo.
So, like I said before, uh, I was I was sort of tempted to bring on Blues to Chocobo or Bluesy Chocobo, or if I really wanted to mess with people, I almost did both. But I couldn't say no to Mambo to Chocobo, so what are you going to do? I didn't do, <laughs> do anything confusing here. Um, a while ago, I brought on, me or someone else, brought on another Chocobo theme from Lightning Returns. So I tried not to, like, I don't want to go too far into one game, but Lightning Returns is just a treasure trove of great music. There is so much music in that game. Like, even if you have the soundtrack, that only gives you some of the music because in the game itself, there's songs from the other two games that show up in different parts. So it's it's just really fun. Like, if you appreciate the music in that series, like, that game is a really just a great experience. Um, but yeah, so of course, there's a bunch of Chocobo themes in Lightning Returns as well. And um, the game itself is strange. Like, I liked it, and I finished it, and I mostly recommend it to people, but the vibe of Lightning Returns is very weird because the idea is by the third game, time has like stopped in the world. So everyone in that game, it's like 500 years after the second game. So basically everyone in the game is at least 500 years old, but they don't age anymore. So you're talking to 500 year old kids and 580 year olds, old people. Um, so it's weird, and like the idea is time stops, but now something, of course, is happening, and like the world is going to end, and all that. So the idea that you have songs like this, and that even though you're actually on a time limit, and bad stuff is happening, um, you're also encouraged to like explore the world and hang out and chill and do a bunch of side quests for a lot of people dressed like idiots. Um, there's some weird fashion stuff going on in that game, and I don't really understand it. Well, I'm glad that fashion didn't keep still. Right. So, like, this, I feel like the vibe of the world, like, this song shouldn't fit it. But this unsettling world where time stopped and, like, it's like, okay, yes, nothing's really happening. Uh, yeah, but you can still go relax. You can go explore and go do these side quests. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a very strange game. I think it's fun, but... Um, this this vibe works in its weird way, despite the setting that it's in. So you know, go and go live your life and relax. You know, guy over there with your oversized neon green sunglasses. It is just such a smooth track too. Like this is definitely another one of those like lounge ones. It, yeah, it's suave, stylish. Like if, if I was in a bar like a Final Fantasy theme bar, I would absolutely want to hear this on the playlist, preferably like a little quartet or something in the corner and they're yeah. all like head to toe in ridiculous Final Fantasy 13 fashion. <laughs> That'd be rad. Is this, uh, was this another Hamauzu track or is this someone else? Um, this one is, says it's arranged by Mizuda and Masashi Kimura. I actually don't know Kimura very well. It's not a name that comes up much. Yeah. Lightning Returns had a whole bunch of people on it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Lightning Returns is just so weird. Uh, good. Weird. Uh, this song is not particularly weird. It's it's a little out of left field from what like my own expectations are, but uh, I'm really glad it exists. I had actually forgotten about this arrangement um, prior to, to um, you know listening to the music today. Um, just because I think, like you said, Mike, there is just so much music in Lightning Returns, it's hard to keep track of all of it. Um, but yeah, this is this is a great track. This is a great um, 
mixed between an arrangement and there's actually some original composition in as well. So, yeah, great song. I think that this, alongside Crazy Chocobo, goes to show just how malleable the Chocobo theme is. Because, obviously, like a lot of the other songs are recognizable as the Chocobo theme, and they keep the same pretty much the same melody in the the same uh, section, the interlude or bridge or whatever. Whereas this takes it and, okay, my theory is years out of practice, but I think it, it, it puts it into a blues scale, I would imagine. Yep, um, so, the interv- so the intervals are obviously completely different from the actual song, but the same structure is there, genuinely the same intervals are there, uh, just with a very, very different sound and a very different feel. And I think it works really well because of the... Uh, simplicity of the chocobo theme the original the final fantasy 2 version just the simplicity of that makes it so you can fit it into any style any genre any scale and it works Mm. and it will be recognizable but still give it a different feel and this is a perfect example of that now my theory is again so out of date i have no idea which blue scale it is um so but i but it it clearly is the blues yeah um i think one of the key things is it plays with uh, flat five and natural five having um, having the option to to bend that note so you'd have both C sharp and D assuming it's in G. Most of these songs they actually keep it in the key of G. Um, just thinking back in my head I don't know if they I think they actually put this in a different key but yeah. Yeah because genuinely speaking the Jogobo theme is happy and poppy and da 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 it's, it's, it's a time yeah. you're going off you're having fun whereas I haven't played 13 but it looks like this is a the context of the song in the game is you are trying to nurse a chocobo back to health and when it's at its lowest level this is what plays when you're riding it yes i think so so yeah it makes sense that this chocobo has the blues yeah is this one part of the saws uh is this part of the like the the quest line for saws do you remember mike oh boy jesus games i think the whole the whole chocobo <laughs> the whole chocobo stuff with that region was tied to saws if i remember it says here that again i haven't played 13 any of the 13s but uh this is one of the songs that plays when you're riding the angel of valhalla oh that's a which fancy is the chocobo. grandest yeah. grandest name for a chocobo i've ever uh-huh. heard that is that is a name that you'd hear on a chocobo race yeah <laughs> and the angel of valhalla is coming up from behind um but yeah, so apparently you're nursing this legendary chocobo back to health, and this is the song that plays at the beginning of it. And then as you continue it, it goes to, let's see here. So it plays Bluesy Chocobo at first, then it plays Chocobo Returns next, and then it plays Mariamba to Chocobo when it's fully recovered. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's another great track. I really like that one. I think that one actually has, yeah, I'm going to look it up really quick because they have the list up. I think that one has, has been on the show because I love that one a lot. Mm. Oh wow, it really hasn't. Next time. I have to admit, Mike, I was a little surprised you didn't pick bring a Chocobo theme from Final Fantasy XIV on. Uh you know I thought about it. I I like Aorzea the Chocobo. It's fine. Uh I think it's one of those things where uh, obviously I have played 14 a lot, so I have heard it so much that maybe maybe it doesn't work for me anymore. Um I don't know. It, I think it's good. I just I don't think I think the others are the, these two I brought on today are just more unique. They do something more with the song than I think that one does. Oh, I completely understand, and I agree one hundred percent. They're super unique and they're really cool to talk about. It was just like, wow, Mike did not bring on a Final Fantasy fourteen tune. That's that's not a surprise. <laughs> I know you're expect. I'm on the show, so you're expecting a Final Fantasy fourteen, and instead I have five. 
the game you haven't played. Not yet. Worth playing. Really worth playing. Yep, absolutely. It'll happen. Not the best story in the in the series, but some of the best gameplay in the series. Yeah, the job system think, is so perfect in that game. Yeah, I think I hosted a retro encounter about it. I think. They kind of blur into each other at this point, really. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of episodes of retro. A bit like these Chocobo themes. It's like a whole rodeo of, of Chocobo themes. Oh, there we go. There. <laughs> you, you've got the segue. A Choco rodeo. <laughs> oh, God. So there was, there was really one reason why I picked this particular one. Uh, and it's Yoko Shimamura. Like, genuinely one of the most talented composers out there. And uh, I was really excited for Final Fantasy XV knowing that she was at the helm of the soundtrack and just wanting to see what she could do with what Uematsu had created initially. And she just ran with it and kind of did her own thing. And the, the soundtrack is all over the place. It's epic. It's orchestral. It's jazzy. It's chill. Um, and, and this Chocobo theme, I, I feel like it really does stand out a lot from the rest. There's kind of two distinct pieces to it so it starts with it, it it's a bit of a duet like you you've got just an acoustic guitar and super clean flute just kind of playing playing together with each other which is like it's quite simple and then second half of the song it just transforms it becomes like a, a layered folk performance you get some really impressive fiddle coming in um layered on top um and that that's something that i personally really like from my own experience because both my parents are folk musicians um, and I, I grew up learning to play the fiddle so hearing it in a chocobo theme like this um, like I, I can immediately like relate to that um, it, again it's just another really kind of happy upbeat it's got like a, a sort of western vibe to it a little bit as well um, like you might hear this played in like a, a country town or something. Um, and I, I think Shimamura, she she did excellently in following Inuamatsu's footsteps, but leaving like her own sort of chocobo shaped footprints uh, on the track. I have a question for you, Ben. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about this, but I have, I have an odd feeling that this might be a, a, a shared cultural thing. Uh -huh. Um in the Maritimes, we have a thing that, Newfoundlanders especially, have a thing called kitchen parties, which is, uh, well, exactly what it sounds like. It's like a party in the kitchen, but genuinely, genu generally what happens is someone brings out a guitar and then yeah. someone else brings out a yeah. fiddle and then someone else brings out like a flute or whatever instruments they play. Or and it ends, up being a <laughs> it ends up being a kitchen party. Like it's yeah. literally a party in the kitchen and there's dancing and people are sitting on counters drinking. Love that. And yeah, and that's a, it's a Nova Scotia maritime sort of thing. I can't yep. help but feel that this might be a common experience in Australia. Australia seems like the kind of culture that would develop a parallel evolution kitchen. Oh, party. yeah. And it, it's not a kitchen in Australia. It's a pub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I, I can imagine people just busting out with instruments in, like, a pub and they're all playing the Chocobo theme and there's people, like, dancing and getting drunk. Like, that That sounds like a perfect kind of mirror to... to your kitchen party. Yeah, because I was looking at this and I genuinely thought kitchen party to Chocobo. Yep. <laughs> uh, because it's kind of what it's kind of what it is. It starts with a it starts with a guitar. Just a couple just people, yeah. A couple people and there's a flute which is awesome. And then someone brings out a fiddle and it, it just kind of becomes a rollicking thing. Yeah. Um 
it's a really, really cool version of the Chocobo theme. And I think the thing I like most about it is I haven't played 15, but I have seen a lot of footage from it. There's something about this song that more so than even a lot of the others makes me feel like I'm crossing a big field, like mm. a wide open space on a Chocobo. It sounds like the country. Like this. Yeah, it does. Th- these are the instruments. This is the music that you would associate with open plains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that works with their like, you know, design decision of the game to like be that, like the road trip vibe and being Mm. out in the country. Like, I think that really lend itself well to having a a little Chocobo farm and this rodeo style sound. Um, I don't, you know, the problem with when you're one of the last people commenting on a song is uh, most of you covered a lot of what I was going to say. Like I was going to talk a little bit about, about the fiddle. Um, although my family doesn't have the musical background, so your your fiddle comment was more appropriate, more interesting. Ben. I just <laughs> like that. I just like that it's there. Um, so just the fiddle, and of course Shimamura. Like it was, it's really cool. I mean, I've loved her music for a long time, but it's nice She's to amazing. get her take. Like I still love the fact that they got her for a main Final Fantasy game. It just gave it a different feel. So yeah, this is a great choice. Yeah, you know, for me, I think while. How should I say this? Well, the fiddle is is almost certainly the star of the show. I think the the instrumentation choices through and through were really smart and really thoughtful um, for for Shimamura to do what she did. And I think for me, the flute is my favorite part of the whole thing. Mm. Um, it definitely provides. The chillness and it and it's in so early um, for carrying the melody. Um, I think it's it's just what I associate with this song, and I guess that might also be because um, in the context of the game, I wouldn't stay on a chuckabo or be around it long enough to to maybe hear the fiddle part. <laughs> um, whoops, my fault for the way I play the game. Um, but yeah, I I. I I do think objectively the fiddle is the star of the show, but for me, that flute part right from the start, I'm like, yep, I'm in. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I do like such the, a nice time. The more chill first half, even though the fiddle is is objectively the more impressive part, probably. One interesting thing about chocobo themes that uh, I don't think that we've mentioned is uh, this is in 15, I believe, but it's also in a few other games, especially like Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake, apparently, as we mentioned earlier. The Chocobo theme is one of the only Final Fantasy songs that not just appears in the game, but is also in the world of the game. Like, characters in the Final Fantasy various universes know the Chocobo theme. They'll hum mm. it. You'll hear it in oh, jukeboxes uh-huh. or things like that. They're so it's an actual... Yeah, it's an actual song in the Final Fantasy universes. That's so cool. it's not just something that you're enjoying, it's something that they enjoy too. Or maybe not enjoy, maybe they're driven crazy by it because it's the only song they know. Not prompt. It's, it's like it's the it's <laughs> like their Mary had a little lamb. Everyone just yeah. knows it. Yeah, it's I like the idea that the Chocobo theme is like a nursery rhyme in all of these various Final Fantasy universes. I like that yeah. too. I never thought I about that. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Some that was a jinx moment there, Mike. It was. All right. Well, those are our, our Chocobo themes. Did anyone else have any final Chocobo thoughts today before we wrap up? <laughs> can I can I pitch Cloaca to Chocobo as a title for no, the episode? You, no. you, you can pitch it, but I, I can't promise anything. Denied. <laughs> uh, that's going to be the title of my Chocobo fanfic. Oh, oh boy. Oh, God. <laughs> that plan of bringing back the fanfic section, uh, I am now canceling. Oh, darn. Sorry. <laughs> 
Would have been good. Would have been good. We could have had Australian chocobos. Had to ruin it. Well, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it on AO3 or Wattpad or something. You can't stop me. <laughs> I mean, I can't. The thick that closes archive of our own. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I guess no one has any final thoughts about chocobos then, because obviously we're cutting all of that, right? Well, of course. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I think we should just plug this um, since we were talking about it between segments. Um, or maybe at the beginning of the show before we started recording. There's a really cool album. I think it's a two-disc album called Compi de Chocobo. Um, that's just like a whole bunch of versions of the Chocobo theme, uh, OST and a range, if I recall. Um, that So if you want these and more, um, it might not have all the ones we mentioned because I think it's an older album, but... Yeah, 2012, 2013. Yeah. But if you just want the Chukaba theme in a lot of forms, that is the album to get. It's sort of a novelty album to have, but it is cool. Yeah, it is. Let's see. Disc one is 25 tracks and disc two is 37 tracks. So there's a lot of Chukaba in there. Yeah, it's uh, pretty exhaustive. Is it still available? Because it'd be really sad to, let's see, I'm looking it up. Everyone, you should get this. There's no way to get it anymore. Yeah, I don't know if it's direct on Square Enix store. I I suspect it's probably in stock at like CD Japan or something. Still, you'll have to rifle through a pre-owned bin. Well, we'll see. Sometimes they're still in stock. Maybe. Well, if you can find it, yeah, it's a it's a fun album and celebration of Chocobo. All right. So at the end of the episode, I usually like to mention uh, games that made their first appearance on Rhythm Counter on this episode, and I look through it, and none of them. Uh, all of the games on today's episode have appeared at least once in the past. Turns out that Final Fantasy games are popular. Yeah, not totally surprising. Um, not as many, not as often as you would think. Like some of the games today have only appeared once or twice, but like like two, like two. Yeah, I think this is like the third appearance of Final Fantasy two on the podcast. But no, like no complete debuts. But that's okay. Um, so. We hope you liked this episode. Uh, coming next on Rhythm Encounter in a couple weeks will be the a springtime episode. So we've done some seasonal ones in the past. We've done summer and winter like RPG music. So this time we're doing springtime RPG music. And then after that is one. We've been shuffling the schedule around for a while now. So we were, we were going to do a, a Hitoshi Sakamoto episode, I think, a month ago. But we're finally doing that. So that is coming up after the springtime episode. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that one. So uh, if you have feedback on this episode, uh, if you want to get in touch, you know, suggest a topic or share anything else you want to share with us, you can email us at music at rpgfan.com. Um, you can reach me personally at mike at rpgfan.com. Um, and for the rest of you, um, what is the best way for people to reach you, Jono? You can find me at jlogan at rpgfan.com. You can also find me on Mastodon at Logan at mastodon.social. Or you can listen to Random Encounter. Or that. Don't worry. I'm going to let you plug that too. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Pat, how can people reach you? Best way uh, would be to find me on Twitter with a unique little handle called Gameadactyl. That's uh, the word game, the letter O, and dactyl. Uh, and you can also email me pgan, G-A-N-N is my last name. So pgan at rpgfan.com. I actually check that regularly now. So <laughs> would be happy to hear from you. All right. And how about you, Ben? 
Um, I've got my own website that I do on the side in addition to RPG Fan because I only just started recently. Um, so you can find the website at qualbert.com. That's with a Q. Uh, and then all social media platforms, I'm on there as Qualbert as well. I mean, to be fair, I think RPG Fan is a thing you do on the side because like, running your own yeah. website is not a, uh, a small undertaking. <laughs> it certainly is not. I'm no. sure you know very well. <laughs> oh, I do. I very much do. Um, but we uh, we appreciate you being uh, you know on the team here as well. And on this episode, it was really great having you. It was a lot of fun. Can I can I plug Ben's work? Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> if if you enjoyed this episode of Rhythm Rhythm Encounter with you know the Chuckabo theme being tied inextricably to the Final Fantasy series, um, one of the first things uh, Ben did in in joining our team. Is he, uh, in preparation for the new Theatrhythm game, uh, wrote this really cool uh, feature that goes through all the mainline Final Fantasies, all the numbered ones, and you know gives you you know some some good hand selected curated tracks to give you a feel for uh, what Uematsu and then the later composers for the newer games did. Um, it's a great read. It's also a great listen. Um, so be sure to check that out, everyone. Thank you, Patrick. I really appreciate that. Uh, I mean, it was a lot of work, not necessarily just writing about each game, but being able to pick just two tracks from each of them. Like, the, I, I really had to deliberate over which ones made the cut. Yeah, I imagine the hand-wringing over that. That would have driven ah, So It was challenging. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, that was a that was a great feature. I'm I'm happy you brought that up. Um, actually, <laughs> this is the first episode in a while that has had this many links. So um, a lot of the stuff we talked about today. So I'm putting links in the show notes to that feature, um, our review of Compi to Chocobo, because why not? Uh, we reviewed that uh, ten years ago now. Was that Steven who did it? Uh, Neil. Neil did it. Neil did yeah, it. Yeah, Neil. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a couple YouTube links in there for um the other bra bra final fantasy albums so check those out and then also pat uh you're gonna have a link to that piano arrangement from the person yep. whose name i forgot but yeah that- Cara Comparetto. she has this crazy chrono trigger project she's working on Ooh. where she plays piano harpsichord and organ what um and covers like a third of the soundtrack it's so good oh, nice. and it, it like, looks like she's gonna be videos. covering more too yeah, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, you mentioned that on last week's uh, Rhythm Encounter, and I immediately checked it out after you mentioned it, and it's awesome. Yeah, she's she's a genius. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, so all of those links are in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. Um, along with our usual links of, you know, where to get these albums and any VGMDB of these. VGMDB and all of VGMDB that. VGMDB yep. and our reviews. I think we've reviewed most of these. Most, most of the I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Almost done here. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out, well, our other episodes. But RPG Fan also has two other podcasts. We have Retro Encounter that goes up every week, usually around Thursday. And every month there's a game journal where people play through an older game. And in between that are other other topics covering, well, a wide range of topics. So there's always something interesting on Retro Encounter. So uh, definitely check them out. And Random Encounter is hosted by Jono, and because Jono is here, I'm letting you pitch your own show. I have absolutely no idea what's coming up on next week's Random Encounter, because (laughs) that's the nature of Random Encounter. Uh, This thing will be going up on the 3rd, so the next episode will be on the 10th, 
And who knows what will be released by April 10th. You'll just have to tune in and find out. Well, I'm looking forward to it, whatever it is. I don't think you're going to have me on talking about power washing again, though. So I don't know if I'll mm. be part of it. That was a fun episode. That was so much fun. I, I enjoyed talking. it. I really yeah, want to play that. We talked about theater rhythm and uh, Final Bar Line and the power washing simulator, Final Fantasy DLC. And, oh, it uh, looks so stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb, but it looks so good. It's canon. It's FF7 canon. I'm I'm pretty sure that they're not going to count it as canon, but the fact that it you're talking to characters in Final Fantasy VII, like at Shinra, and you're cleaning up the stuff so they can deploy it against Cloud. Like it literally That's takes canon. place during seven. That's awesome. Be amazing if the power washer showed up as a playable character in Rebirth. <laughs> yeah, that'd be rad. He's a super secret boss. You equip different nozzles. <laughs> <laughs> Your nozzles have holes in them to put materia in. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Don't get me started. Um I I think I'm done with the game now. I think I'm pretty much done unless I want to go achievement hunting. And it took me almost 60 hours to play through wow. that game. It's impressive. It's a meaty game if you really want to get into it. Um and I did. Um so yeah, uh if you want to listen to us talk about power washing and theater rhythm and I don't know, maybe some RPGs too, be sure to check out our other podcasts. Um if you enjoyed this podcast or any of ours, uh please, you know, subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. That would help us out a lot. We would appreciate that. And that is about it. So closing out today, I I try not to do the executive decision like I'm claiming the bonus track, but at the same time no one else offered one. So I thought it would be fun today because we recently had a reader um, very kindly like send us some nice feedback. And one of the things they recommended, um, actually, I should probably mention that my name is Arnod. Uh, Arnod recommended doing a future episode on Final Fantasy Record Keeper because they were playing through the Record Keeper arrangements in theater rhythm. And they're incredible. Like as someone who played Record Keeper for like six or seven years, um, I didn't even hear most of them because my my phone is muted. So like I was I was missing out on these Aww. most of the time while I was playing. But I have oh, I have goodness. some of the soundtracks. Like Record Keeper has four soundtracks, and there's just some amazing arrangements. So I don't know if we're going to end up doing an episode just on that. But I figured today was a good time to at least start on that. And there is a Chocobo medley and a, a Final Fantasy Record Keeper arrangement Chocobo medley. It's five minutes long, and uh, I thought that was a great way to. End up end the show. So it's a good choice. Thank you. I know we don't usually talk about the bonus tracks, but since I did share it with you guys a, a little bit ahead of time, like if you want, if you had any thoughts um, besides, like it's a fun arrangement. Listen to it because um, that's all I was going to say. Horns, horns. I'm just yeah. so impressed. This is from a mobile game. Like the production value on some of the Final Fantasy Record Keeper tracks is insane. Yep. Like these tracks are so impressive. Ugh, the amount of time, effort, talent, and money that is oh, spent on mobile games and must crazy. just be, they might as well just throw the money in a wood chipper. I mean, this one like, lasted though. I mean, this one lasted a little while, normally, yeah, but like yes. recent ones, like the new Persona game they announced, I'm just looking at that being like, oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked it up lately because Record Keeper ended service in, on its Western servers like last fall. Uh, at the time, it was still going in Japan. I don't know if it still is now, but either way, like seven years for a mobile game is ridiculous. Yeah, that's so, a good lifespan. I, I appreciate and like them. So much good music. Yeah, mm -hmm. I appreciate them supporting it for that long, at least. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank all of you for being here. This was a lot of fun. Uh, see, it wasn't really a joke episode after all. It was just kind of a joke topic, but it still gives us great music. So I hope everyone listened to it. I hope everyone listened to it. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Obviously, you've listened to it if you're hearing me talk right now. Uh, so we're going to close out with Chocobo Medley from Final Fantasy Record Keeper, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Work.
I would very much enjoy seeing a spin-off game that was like the Avengers Endgame of the Final Fantasy universe, except it's just all of the Sids teaming up with each other. <laughs> yes, I want I want an all Sid game very badly. Sids across the multiverse. Final yeah. Fantasy Sid. Final yeah. Fantasy Sid. Sid. <laughs> I uh, want that game. That would yeah. be so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, they could actually make it into what were the fighting games? The uh, Final Fantasy, the um, Dissidia ones, the Dissidia. They should just yeah. do Final Fantasy Dissidia. Dissidia. Oh. oh my god, well, that's it. That's it. 